Welcome to Folk Rock Diva Talk, your intersectional destination for all things music, dignity politics, personal growth and development, queer life, fat activism, and general existentials. My name is Lily Lewis, the Folk Rock Diva, and I am here to tell you all about the view from my corner of the universe. Greetings. I am so excited to share this special episode of Folk Rock Diva Talk with you all this week. Um, I have to report that so far in the last month, we've had no fewer than nine requests for more talk on creative process. And so I thought I would bring in one of the most creative people I know um, here in New Orleans, a beautiful potent and intentional singer-songwriter, Miss Kelly Love-Jones. Kelly and I have known each other for well over a decade, and I have seen her transform um, through so many transitions in her life, and I have never been short of flabbergasted of the open heart with which she shares her music. Um, So I have a full interview with her inspiring personage. Um, It was a super fun conversation, and I don't want to waste time um, just introducing it. So how about we just get it rolling? It's like a mountain you climb. It's like the sun when it shines. It's like a race that I won. It's like a dolly fire. It's like the gleam in his eyes. It's like the dolly fire. What does it feel like to you to be a person who creates not just for a living, but as a lifestyle, you know? Mm. Wow. That's interesting because um, this morning, I woke up at about five o'clock this morning and I had this beautiful rain outside. And usually I love the sound of rain. Um, However, it floods in front of my house. I could get about two feet, sometimes three, just depending on how backed up the drainage system is that at that particular time. Hmm. So rain almost just makes me wake up and, and look to see, to make sure my truck is okay. <laughs> <laughs> but this particular morning when I woke up, um, and also with my neighbors, too, because my neighbor texted me late last night. Oh, there's a flood watch coming. So you might want to move your car. I already moved mine. So we all like um, look out for each other on that end, <clears throat> which is another aspect of, of rain for me. Um, uh, so when I got up and I walked to the door, actually, my door was wide open. My front door at five o'clock in the morning. I was like, huh, my son must not lock my door. So I go to the door and I stand out there and I'm just watching the rain come down and say, wow, this is so beautiful. And I said, let me go move my truck. I jump in the truck. I bring it to the neutral ground. And, you know, part of my, uh, the roof on my truck is, is um, I took the interior part off so I could fix it. So it's just the straight metal part. So I hear this rain like click, 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 mm. clicking on the, on the, on like a, like a metal roof. And it brought me to a place in Belize when I went to visit when living in a, a small house with a tin roof and rain 
it's coming down. But I sat there with this, this beautiful music of the rain and I thought, music is such an important element of my life that when I perform it, it's, it's a leaving of the body. It's a leaving of mm. the space that I'm in. It's, mm. it's, it's, a, it's a, such a divine time of existence for me. And I noticed, I began to notice the difference between having that experience and not. Mm. And recently not having so much of those experiences because of um, the circumstances. Um, and so to have the opportunity to remember what that feels like, even just the remembrance of what it feels like to give a performance where you have the ability to, you said this so eloquently the other day and we were talking, is the ability to uh, uh, share with people the bravery of creativity um, and, and allowing yourself to be that creative part that just share, then shares. You know, it's one to be creative, but then it's the, another thing then to share mm. because we can create in so many different ways and so many different mediums. But when you stand in front of people you've never met before and who have very different circumstances in their lives, but at the end of the day can totally feel where you're coming from. Mm. At the end of that show, they get it. And they're like, I was there with you, you know? Mm. And that experience I think is the closest part to heaven that I can think of mm. in the existence of what that is, you know? And if I were to say what heaven was, I would say that was it, you know, because it's a union of souls mm. being together in an intimate moment and sharing that moment so completely that nothing else exists or matters, you know. And then we all walk away with that experience that we can speak of, you know, say, wow, I went to, you know, I was there and. And when this happened, I was like, ah, you know. That makes me wonder, do you think, <laughs> do you think you write songs or keep writing songs like with that in mind? Like, I gotta, I gotta keep writing new stuff so that I can get back to heaven. <laughs> like, you know? I never thought about it like that. Leo, I think, I think, you know, I think, I think if I did, I might, I might kind of not do the, do the justice of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think when I, when I have to, and I think going back to what we're talking about, the creative process, it's like, I have an experience, um, whatever that experience might be, maybe it's just an experience in my imagination. Or maybe it's an experience that I witnessed or someone telling a story and then having the, or, or someone telling a word. And from that word, you say, Ooh, 
Like that word makes you feel something, you know? It's like when we were talking and we wrote uh, Landini, right? Mm. And, and you were like, I, um, I was on this cruise ship and, you know, and I felt this way and I felt good and I felt high, like, you know, just woo. And then I got off the ship and I still felt that way for like a week. And I was like, wow, imagine, imagine that, like being, being in that space of that experience for long after you leave, Mm. you know, and, and, and what that feels like. And then being able to, um, write, write that experience and then still pull up that same memory that felt like swimming on dry land, you know? <laughs> and then, and then, and then even imagining like when I sing this, when I sing the chorus, um, swimming on dry land, I, I always feel like, like, like kind of wavy, you know, like mm-hmm. what, what would that be like? Like you just, you swimming, as people are walking and like trotting, you know, and these steps that are so like, da, da, uh, da, uh, da, uh, da, right. but you like, <laughs> you like, <laughs> you know, that's amazing. That's amazing. And so, you know, to be able to express that and then um, somebody say, uh, wow, that song about swimming on dry land, like I've felt that before. You know, like, uh, or wow, I wonder what that would feel like, you know, and then then you then you create that uh, that what we talk about, that 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 kid like state, mm. like that imagination then kicks in of, of all of these beautiful things and possibilities that could happen and things that that seem so unreal to the rest of the world can then become a part of your your virtual life in your own mind, you know, mm. and uh, and and travel there with that. So. That's hmm. why I like to write. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I remember the day that song was born. I certainly yeah. didn't know a song was about to be born, but I should have <laughs> known that because anytime I'm in a space with you, a song gets born. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But um, you know, and I and I think to me, that's because that's a little bit of how you live swimming on dry land. When everybody mm. else seems to be just like plodding around, you're just like, "Woo, what's up? Ooh. What's up? <laughs> Y'all must him. Where you been, the suits? At? On, you know, Let's I mean, go. who would have thought that land sickness was a thing? I didn't know. I've heard of <laughs> sea sickness, but land sickness and that land sickness could turn into something really, really beautiful. I think it's it's mm. interesting that it turned into a love song. Mm. Um, you know, because there's that like that broader metaphor of being able to kind of float, you know, just be buoyed and not be pulled under by anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like and like be like available to the sparkles on the on the surface of the water and all that kind of stuff. There's there's that metaphor. Um mm-hmm. and then for some reason we married that metaphor to a story about love.
know going back to that creative process I think for me sometimes when a song is coming through 
it brings about that same feeling of disorientation. It's mm. like, oh, oh, when something happens that's, for me, when something happens that's likely going to become a song, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. And I, have to, you know, my field of vision gets very, very narrow. Mm. And I'm trying desperately to listen, you know, to, yeah. to bring it, bring it in, you know, oh, you're yeah. talking to me. Oh, I got to yeah. pay attention to this, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's been the same when I have, you know, met someone where like that, <clears throat> that love thing is about to happen it's like the field of vision gets very narrow yeah we're gonna do yeah. a ride i don't know what it's gonna be like but it's about to happen <laughs> right right we own it now come on let's right. go right. yeah and i think you know with this is so true because you know when when creating a song and then it comes to the point that you have to if if it lasts long enough or if you follow a song all the way through that you share it right mm. and so that sharing of that then goes into a whole nother whole nother place of discomfort right mm. a place of disorientation because you're like mm-hmm. you're nervous you know you're like is this something i should do is this gonna work is you know are they gonna like it? Are they gonna like me? You know what I mean, like that. Type you don't. Of thing. You don't have the same, the, um, same the relationship, the, right? Right. You don't mm-hmm. have the luxury of the incubator when you take mm-hmm. it out to share. And I think the same thing happens, like when you step into commitment in a relationship, like when you mm-hmm. tell other people that a thing is happening. It's mm-hmm. like. Ooh, ooh. Now people know my business in the way. Right, right, like, right. I don't know if I want them to know all my business like that. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. That's how I feel when I sing a new song. I'm like, I am overexposed. I don't Yeah. No, we out here now. We right? out here. We are can't take out. it back. Can't take it back. You about to know everything. Here we go. Yep. So I mean, your music, you know always and it's it's in your voice too it's always presented with such an earnest heart that's how it feels you know mm. and I always I feel like in your voice I feel like you're reaching into an aching and I, mm. I don't know if you would um characterize it as such but it's like there's something in the tremolo of your of your <laughs> instrument of your instrument that like like I can feel you reaching in while reaching out. Mm. And, um, and I think that that has made me, you know, a fan of yours for all these years, you know, like there's the mm. urgency there. Like I need you to feel what I'm feeling. Mm. And now that I know that what you're feeling is heaven, then I mm. need to feel it even more. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, you know, the interesting thing is, is that we were talking about your song and you were talking about your training and, and your uh, your your vocal training and, and classical music and different things like that. I didn't start singing until I was 23 mm. and getting really getting into the music at that time, you know, even first recording at 23, 24. So I used to have a producer that would come in um, 
uh, Mikey. Mikey would say, he said, okay, you you going to sing this. And I'm like, Mikey, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do my best, you know. So he said, okay, well, sing this note. Sing, sing it like this. He said, okay, I'm going to try. He said, uh-uh. Sing it like this. And I try. Uh-uh. And he said, okay, listen. He can take his finger and he hit the keyboard. Hit this sound. And he hit a, a C or a D or whatever. Hit this right here. And we, he would hit that note like 20 times. He said, sing it. Okay, sing it. Okay, sing it. And he said, okay, now let's go record it. And we go record it and I mess it up again. He said, okay, don't worry about it. He said, look, I'm going to play the note right before you're supposed to sing that note. So in my headphones, I'm hearing the music and he's playing this ding, 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 ding. So that by the time the chorus come around for me to sing that note, I didn't hear it in my headphones about eight times so that then I can get it. Right? <laughs> so that's how I'm that's how I learned to sing pretty much, you know, mm. just by his instruction and his movement and just his idea of believing that I could do it, you know, mm. and um. You know, that 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 was one of the major uh, he was one of the major influences in my life as far as starting music and doing music in New Orleans. Uh, mm, mm, mm. And, um, you know, just taking because he saw me. I was a sound engineer at a jazz club. And he's like he just walked in. He was a phenomenal drummer. He's playing with this band. And he just walked in one day and he saw me setting up the stage. He was like, you rap, don't you? And I was like. I mean, where does that come from? Like, what what makes you say, what hmm. make you ask me that? Like, do I look like it? Am I, you know what I mean? Am I carrying out rhyme on my forehead or something? You know? And so he was like, I said, yeah, I do. And I asked him, like, what made you do that? was so random. And he said, I could just tell. And he was hmm. like, let's record. And from then on, you know, it was just, just really, you know, starting up as a hip-hop artist, that's, that was the first thing. We just did mm. that, ran with it. Um, but I found that uh, creative space and just in singing, then finding, then so performing like right after that, you know, mm-hmm. within a year, performing mm. and singing of something I'm just learning how to do. Mm. And, um, and having that voice and finally saying, you know what, this is what my voice sounds like. Like mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm, I, I'm, I like it, mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna work mm-hmm. with this, you mm-hmm. know, and really, really embracing that because we all have such different, um, different ranges and different sounds and different noises that our voices make and, and just, um, embrace, finally embracing your own voice and say, you know what? I sound pretty good, you know, <laughs> and that moment is like, it's so, it's so good for the heart, you mm. know, it's so good for, for living, you know, because you're then hearing yourself and accepting yourself mm. totally, you know, Tell it. and yeah. And I mean, that's not just with singing, it's with talking, it's with, mm. you know, you know, with, um, you know, body language, you know, and just really coming to embrace, you know, that totality of, of your existence and, and then saying, okay, well, that voice sounds good. Now, what am I going to use it for? Mm, mm. You know, how can I use this that not only benefits me, but benefits the, the whole? Mm-hmm. How can I be of service with, with, with this that I have, you know? 
That's so, uh, I have to thank you for tying all of that together in one like really organic way because um, like, first of all, um, it feels like we actually had a pretty parallel experience because the way he was aggressive and like, you know, and, and, and a little and demanding and persistent all because mm-hmm. he believed in you, you know, my experience with my teacher, you know, mm-hmm. he was, his name was Greg Broughton, Dr. Broughton. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we called him doc studio 549. You know? <laughs> and uh, he used to make us, um, you know, we, we could spend a whole lesson one to two hours on just one measure of music. Cause he would, mm. he would coach us through, how to get from one vowel to the next vowel mm. before we would even put a consonant in there. Mm. You know? And mm. then he'd be like, mm. okay, this is how you did your consonant. Now do it this way. You know, and it was like, yeah. he was like building, you know, the instrument like one yeah. piece at a time with like mm. full attention and witness and belief, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, it was, it's demanding. I think a lot of times, um, people can shy away from a process that's that demanding. So it does kind of take a little bit of a brave yeah. heart to just stick with it and take it piece it by piece, you know? And once you've been through that process, it's kind of an alchemical process, you know, it, yeah, it is. alone transforms you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then when you lift your gaze and you look in the mirror and you say, yeah, you know, I did that. Yeah. And, right. and this is who I am, you know? And let your voice and your voice, like your voice that you sing with, but also your voice with a capital V, your personhood, mm. you know, allow that to be enough. Once once you're awake to your enoughness, mm. then it really does bring up the question of service. Okay, yeah. I'm enough. Now yep. I'm going to serve, you know. Yep. That's like, that's my whole vision as a yep. creative person and you just like tied it up in a beautiful <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean that's everything I mean I think you know when you when, like what you're saying the the major part of the creative process is that point of coming to that point to say yeah this is good and trusting what, what, yeah and trusting that yeah what I'm doing is good mm. and it's good for more than just me mm. you know and I think then it becomes easier. I didn't say easy. <laughs> then it becomes but slightly easier. more doable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It becomes easier because it's like, you know, you say, oh, I can write a song, you know. Somebody say, oh, can, you know, I got this project. Can you can you come do this? And Yeah. And the answer is yes. You know, <laughs> whether you know it or not, the answer is yeah. yes. I'm, I'm on my way. And then you get there and you realize just how much you are gifted, you know, with just how much you have been gifted, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then to pay uh, homage to what has given you that gift, you know. And a lot of times before, probably 95% of my shows, and the only reason why I don't do it on the other 5% is because I forget. And I have a problem with that forgetting because mm-hmm. this is something that I feel I should always remember. Mm-hmm. But before every every show, I, I give thanks mm-hmm. for the gift that I was given. And then I say, thank you for 
allowing this to be the best show that I have ever done in my entire mm. life, you know, and then walk out and just rock the scene because every show, and I don't care what show it is, like this is going to be the best show that I have ever done in my entire life. Mm. And then that feeling of what that feels like, like, oh my God, I'm really about to like, I'm about to do something so amazing right now. <laughs> you know? And 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 then just sitting that gratitude of that before you even hit that stage. And it's like it's so powerful. Mm. So powerful. That's it. Ooh, I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for that transmission. I'm <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And at the same time, being in a, such a place of gratitude of knowing that your best is different every time. Your best is not always the same. Right. You know, and right. you might come off and be like, dang, I don't I don't I, something. Maybe your mind shifted away or whatever like that. But somebody will come and bring you right back and say, you know, that was amazing that, right. you know, help me with this and that, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. every, it's, yeah, it's an amazing thing. You look in the mirror, you just smile and say, man, it's special, man, ever done in my life. What? <laughs> then I used to have a friend, you can't see me, but I used to have a friend that used to take his, his, uh, his, 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 his thumb and his pinky and he'd mm -hmm. lick him and then he'd rub his eyebrows and he'd say, it's showtime. Uh -huh. <laughs> It's showtime, baby. <laughs> yeah. That's what's up. I know lately, yeah. like in quarantine times, I have I have started to get afraid of the show aspect of what we do. Mm. I, you know, I can drop into the sincerity, you mm -hmm. know, and the intimacy, but all of a sudden I've become timid about the show aspect of it all. Hmm. And I'm wondering when that's going to shift, when the show aspect is going to bring me joy again. You but know? why? What? What? What is this timidness? What is this? Why um, is this? I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, um, mm -hmm. I felt winded, like the 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 breath had been taken out of me somehow. And and for that time at the beginning, I was not able to connect to why or how my voice could be of service mm. like and in the in the face of something so overwhelming you know that became it, it was just tough and I remember talking to uh, one of my mentors Kirk Joseph um mm -hmm. he's a um, a sousaphone player from the Dirty Dozen Brass Band, for those who don't know. Um, he said that he was having the same thing. He could, he didn't even want to pick up his horn. And when he picked it mm. up, he couldn't get enough wind to play it. It's mm. not like we were sick or anything. It was that there was a breathlessness in the groundlessness, you know. Mm. Um, and And I think that some of that is lingering, you know, some of that um, is like, is my music still of service in the context of what we've all been through collectively mm -hmm. um, between 
between the pandemic and the political divisions and um, and this the aftermath of George Floyd and you know all of that it's like is is my music are my songs still of service I think I think mm. I, I think my voice might still be of service because there's a lot of um there can be a lot of tenderness in my voice you know mm -hmm. and, and I think that in this time we might need tenderness you know that mm -hmm. might be something that can be of service um, definitely and I know that there's a lot of um earnestness in my intention like I really want us to be to feel safe and and healthy and um and open to one another you know mm -hmm. um and I'm I'm deeply earnest about how much I want that and so the extent mm -hmm. to which I can sing about that you know might be of service mm -hmm. yeah but the show aspect of what we do um and and I think I became more familiar with this version of the show when when I moved to New Orleans you know mm -hmm. in New Orleans the show is I almost think it's about facilitating um, freedom, you know, mm. like for others to to witness freedom in a way that they might not experience in their daily lives, you know. Um, yeah. And so there's like a there's a almost religious aspect of getting free <laughs> on the stage, mm. you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In, in places full of debauchery. You know, there's this whole other, like, we're going to get free up in here. <laughs> and, um, and I think that sometimes I witnessed a lot of people faking it until they make it, you know, mm -hmm. like, I might not feel free right now, but I'm going to look free, you know. <laughs> And I think that's the part where I'm feeling shy, like where if I don't feel free, I can't look free, you know, mm. whereas I had adopted a, a path to, well, I'm going to look free no matter how I feel, because that's that's what the show is about. I'm going to look my best version of that, you know, no matter how I feel. And right now it's like, nope, the feeling has to match up. <laughs> It's just got to mm. match up, you know? Yeah. So there's just, I think there's more honesty and more transparency when I play. And um, and maybe that's what I'm afraid of, Miss Kelly Love Jones. Just that that next level of transparency that's swimming on dry land. <laughs> swimming on dry land. <laughs> yeah, transparency is good. People need that. For yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. Need that. That's it's, it's a wonderful thing. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we as people don't know we need it, mm. even though I think we always do. Yeah, that's definitely true.
Follow Kelly Love Jones on Instagram at instagram.com slash Kelly Love Jones. Thanks so much for listening and see you next time. Support Folk Rock Diva Talk by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash folk rock diva. And remember, if you're not sure how to be, practice radical decency. <laughs>